0: it was one particular friday night it was around 10:30 and we were in a commercial break before uh, we were coming up in the second half of the newscast and my heart just like went racing out of control and you know that part of your body the inside of your body that gets hot and anxious and then if you've ever had a hot flash it just comes from the core up coupled on top of the heart palpitations and you know i said out loud i work in a studio of, of men and i said out loud if i fall over somebody can somebody catch me kind of half joking but half yeah. like hey everyone be aware. I don't, something's wrong. I don't feel right. And so the um, sports anchor who was in the studio said, Hey, I think you should probably get off the set. And so he came over, he walked me to the bathroom. And I literally just collapsed on the floor. It was a really scary moment because I didn't really know what was going on. I later found out that the the guy who originally walked me to the bathroom said to me, I thought you were having a heart attack or something. Oh. Cause I knew you were kind of in that age group of women. And, you know, we've done so many stories on women in midlife and heart problems. So long story short, I started going into a deep dive research of what was happening with me. And the first doctor I went to wanted to put me on, uh, on uh, antidepressants. And so I went on Lexapro, but it wasn't solving anything else at all.
1: Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. Hey there, it's Michelle Lemereau, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast, a show for women in midlife who want to live happier, healthier, and more fulfilled lives. I am so excited today. We've got Tamsin Fidel on the show, and we're going to be talking about menopause. Now, Tamsin is a primetime news anchor in New York City, and she's been doing that for the last decade. She's an entrepreneur and a menopause advocate and champion for women in their prime. She's also the host of the podcast Coming Up Next, which is about unlocking your bold. And she's the author of an amazing book called The New Single, Finding, Fixing, and Falling Back in Love with Yourself After a Breakup or Divorce. And I last connected with Tamzin when she was on talking about this book, and that was in 2019. Welcome back, Tamzin. It is hard to imagine how long it's been. Nice to have you or nice to be with you. <laughs> well, you're usually
0: hosting. You to so... have me. It's nice <laughs> for you to have me. I'm, nice. I'm not used to it. I'm usually doing interviews on television. So I love this. I, I feel know. very
1: relaxed. Oh, good. I'm so glad that makes me so happy. Well, yeah. I have been following you since we connected and um, I noticed in like you know, the last year or so, you know, some of your content started shifting towards menopause and you became very vocal about your experiences. And I'm going to be having some doctors who, you know, focus on this stuff to talk about the clinical side, but it's what you're sharing is so empowering because you're like a peer for all of us women in midlife who just, nobody talks about it. And we're so confused. And most of us don't even know what to look for. And I think you know, that was your situation, Tamsin. Can you tell us like, you know, what was going on with you and how did this become a focus of some of the work that you're doing in the world?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it came from a personal experience of uh, what happened to me when I was in the, the news studio and, um, I was in there and it was, it was 1030. I'd been having a lot of brain fog, but I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that I was having a hard time processing words on the teleprompter. And, um, and so that was a concern, but I didn't know what it was. I knew I'd been moody. I knew that I was just you know, not sleeping well. And um, it was one particular Friday night. It was around 1030. And we were in a commercial break before uh, we were coming up in the second half of the, uh, the, the newscast. And my heart just like went racing out of control. And you know that part of your body, the inside of your body that gets hot and anxious. And then if you've ever had a hot flash, it just comes from the core up. Coupled on top of the heart palpitations. And, um, you know, I said out loud, I worked in a studio of of men. And I said out loud, if I fall over somebody, can somebody catch me? Kind of half joking, but half like, hey, everyone be aware. I don't, something's wrong. I don't feel right. And so the um, sports anchor who was in the studio said, hey, I think you should probably get off the set. And so he came over, he walked me to the bathroom, I literally just collapsed on the floor. And I remember I was laying there, I was like, my face is looking at the toilet, the floor so filthy, by the way, in any bathroom, but particularly like, end of the night, how disgusting. And I couldn't, there was nothing I could do. I was like, I, I was like, I don't care. You know, My I'm in my dress and now my boss comes downstairs like, are you okay? So they're both like, are you okay? Coming into the bathroom. And I said, I don't, I don't know what's wrong, you know? And um, it was a really scary moment because I didn't really know what was going on. I later found out that the, the guy who originally walked me to the bathroom said to me, I thought you were having a heart attack or something because oh. I knew you were kind of in that age group of women. And, you know, we've done so many stories on women in midlife and heart problems. So long story short, I started going into a deep dive research of what was happening with me. And the first doctor I went to um, was wanted to put me on, uh, on uh, antidepressants. And so I went on Lexapro. But it wasn't solving anything else at all. Um, I had not gone... T- What I I had gone 12 months without a period. I did not realize I had gone 12 months without a period because I had endometrium polyps. And um, so I had had surgery before, but it caused excessive bleeding for me, the polyps. Mm. So I bled. I I still bleed, uh, you know, as a result of that because I still. Have, you know, polyps. And um, so I never really went 12 months or I didn't realize I did without bleeding. So I had no idea I was in menopause. And um, I went to an endocrinologist. I went to uh, and and got blood work done that did confirm that. Um, I went and then those were sent over to my gynecologist. My gynecologist wrote in menopause, any questions, and like sent my sheet with all my blood work. And I went, my gosh, my menopause. And I remember I was in the airport in Tampa and I don't know. I didn't know enough about menopause at the time. So all I thought is like, it's all over. I just had no idea, you know, what this meant. It just didn't sound great. You know, and I knew (laughs) it was the end of the time I could reproduce, even though I don't have any children and I hadn't had intentions of having them for a a long time and a lot of part of, of my midlife. And so, um, I went into a, a place where I was doing a lot of my own research and trying to figure out what to do. And I finally came across a midlife specialist who helped me understand after supplements and supplements and lots of different natural ways to do things that um, it was time for me to to sort something else out and to figure it out. And um, being somebody who lost a mother to breast cancer when she was very young, uh, the idea of hormones were very scary to me because I didn't have the right information. And um, I eventually did get the right information and I went on uh, hormone replacement therapy. And so currently I'm about a year and a half into that. And it's it's made remarkable changes. It doesn't change everything, but it has changed a lot of the major symptoms. And one of the big ones was the brain fog that was really debilitating to me, especially at work.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure that there's going to be women listening who are going to go, oh, wait, that's been my experience where they had symptoms. No one was really talking to them. You go to the doctor. And I, I've heard that it's pretty common that you're asked, you suggest to get birth control, uh, not birth control, um antidepressants for, or you know, some other solution, but not being just dis- having hormone replacement therapy or or even just acknowledgement. Like this is just a natural part of life, but part of the natural part of life mm-hmm. is a lot of uncomfortable symptoms. Now, one of the things that yes. you shared, I saw was that there were how many? up to what, like 30, something? like how uh, many symptoms well, can show
0: 34 up? 34 is what's, you know, kind of the norm, but there is um, a nutritionist out of Canada and she said there's up to 84 plus, and that would not surprise me.
1: Okay. So give us some of the ones that, you know, give us like a handful of symptoms. What are the things that actually are going on that we should be looking out for?
0: Yeah, hot flashes, night sweats, heart palpitations, anxiety, mood swings, um, itchiness of the skin, burning of the tongue, itchy ears, um, hair loss, a lot of times, you know, dryness, vaginal dryness, uh, loss of, you know, of desire to have sex. Um, The, you know, the, there's a range of symptoms that go into like, um, the category of, you know, dry skin, obviously. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that um, people talk about. Oh, weight gain is a big one. Um, You know, right around the middle. So those are symptoms that are like the most common symptoms. And then when you go down the list there's a lot of other additional things that, you know, people have that are not quite as norm but are have really been shown to be signs of this, you know, and and this is a a time in our lives that we're dealing with so many other things, you know, work totally. and maybe aging parents or maybe kids leaving home. And so just couple all those things on top of all those other things. And, you know, you've got
1: quite the recipe for, um, you know, needing some help. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, women, for whatever reason, aren't really talking about this stuff. And then if you go to the doctor and they're not validating it or giving you any sense that, you know, this is normal, but there's going to be a range of symptoms, women handle it or experience it, I should say, not handle it differently. And mm-hmm. that this is, mm-hmm. you know, something we can work together on. Um, if there were more information out there, I think people would feel better about talking about it. And I think the conversation's changing. Sure. And I think a big part of that is from the work that you're doing. Um, I've seen you feature a lot of big names, you know, in this space. Uh, yeah. Was it like Na- Naomi Watts, Debina McCall, you know, I've watched those interviews and... You don't even know what to be looking out for and then when to have these conversations. So based on your experience, at what point would you say go to your, is it, would you go to your gynecologist?
0: You know, I think it depends on who you're most comfortable with. A lot of doctors really don't have, uh, you know, have not really been specifically trained in this area. And there are reports that some doctors have had about four hours of training in, in menopause, wow. um, specifically in menopause. And a lot simply don't feel comfortable talking about uh, hormone replacement. So I, I first of all, I think if I had to do it all over again, I would be doing my, my own research and I would be listening to some of the people that are out there talking about it. And there's a lot of doctors that that talk about it. And there's a lot of experts out there. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to everybody. But I, but I would try to like you know there are about twenty names of doctors out there that you see over and over again. Um, The North uh, American Menopause Society is another place to go if you want to plug in your zip code.
1: Yeah, it's
0: uh, NAMS, N A M S, and NAMS has a, a zip code finder, so you can find somebody that is you know, it has this, it has this midlife training, midlife wellness training, but yes. also might be in your area. And then there's a number of different organiza- uh, different companies that are doing things. So people that might not be in an area that is close to somebody with a doctor that has specific training like this, that they can access. My alloy is one of those companies. What um, is it called? And they really what was that? Would, Alloy, A-L-L-O-Y. Okay. And they're telemedicine. And um, so you're able to get online and access somebody that can prescribe whatever you would need depending on where you are in this process. Yeah. But I would also close to home try to make sure that whoever you're talking to, you're armed, one, with the right questions that you should ask and what you should know. Two, that you know you let them know what your symptoms are and you keep track of those. And um, three, make sure it's somebody that you you trust that also feels comfortable talking about this. Because if your symptoms are dismissed, as in when when it happened to me, and I'm certainly not alone. But when it happened to me, and it's happened to a lot of other people, like, uh, yeah, you're depressed. Jump on Lexapro, and all should be good because your serotonin levels will all be le- fixed. That didn't help my hot flash. That didn't help my night sweats. That didn't help my lack of desire to have sex, and actually caused a worse problem there. You know, it didn't it didn't help any of the things that that the lack of estrogen in my body was causing. Oh, joint yes. pains, another symptom. I was just thinking of that. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. my head is going through the other 30 of them. Um, but I think that you really have to find somebody that you, I feel like it's important to have as much information as the doctor does because you know your body better than anybody. I think it's important. And part of my mission is to advocate and empower women. So they are not afraid to ask their own questions. Even my dad, he's 82, 83 years old now. And sometimes he goes into his cardiologist and he's like, well, the doctor said, and I go, no, but what did you tell the doctor? Yes. Like, you have to be in charge of that. You have got to be in charge of that. So I regret the first you know year that I was going through it, that I really wasn't taking control. And I was like, okay, I'll go on antidepressants. If you think that's it, that really wasn't it. And, um, I would say in your early forties should be, you know, we have a baseline for mammograms. Um, I think we should establish, maybe it's our own self-regulated baseline to say, look, I know every woman in the world's going to go through this. I know eventually I'm going to go through this at some part in the second half of my life. Tell me where I am in this process. Do you want to give me a blood test? Do you, do I need to regulate my periods? There's apps to do that now that make it super easy. If you do have something like I had, and a lot of women have, which might be um, uterine polyps and endometrial polyps, endometriosis, and you're bleeding um, differently, you might have to regulate. You know, you might have to look at things a little bit differently.
1: Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more that you need to be your own best advocate when you're dealing with the medical community. These people. Meanwhile, they're well-trained, but some of the training, as you said, is limited. And also you get 10 or 15 minutes. And I think this is also shifting, but there is a tendency when it comes to women to diminish what they're telling the doctor. You know, the doctor will diminish the symptoms as, you know, oh no, you're overreacting. Or, you know, I've heard other doctors come on and say, yeah, patients are being gaslit to some degree. And so the more information you have, uh, the better. I can't, cannot agree with that more. Yeah. Now, what were Absolutely. some of the things that you did? Just, you said you did your own research. So before you got on the home, hormone replacement therapy, I'm just curious, like, what did you do like holistically or otherwise with supplements sure. to start feeling better anything? And also I'll just, just yeah. say Tamsin's not a doctor. This is an I'm podcast not a doctor. <laughs> for entertainment and educational purposes, but let's just yes. hear what your experience was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I always say that, you know, when I do a lot of videos about it and I always, you know, I always preface it with that because I, what's going to be right for me might not be right for somebody else. But um, I really did a deep dive into the different kinds of supplements. And and one of the doctors actually did say like, oh, you should just, you know, go on black uh, cohosh and you'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll help with the hot flashes. Take maca, maca will be fine. So I've done a couple of those different things and I don't think that they don't work at all. I mean, I I think that they were a supplement for me, a supplement, for what I needed, which was to replace my estrogen some people cannot take hormone um replacement therapy they just can't do it and so in that case they have to use some of these different ways uh you know to get relief and and um so um, black cohosh is what, one I did i make a smoothie every morning which is i call it my hot girl smoothie <laughs> cuz it cools me off cuz it's got ice and cold <laughs> blueberries in it but it also has maca powder it has vitamin d in it it has uh a lot of protein protein i've changed my diet up quite a bit and my workout um, um compared to where I was 10 or 15 years ago um and so it's got blueberries in it for brain health it's got uh milked almonds so I don't have like the almond milk with the sugar in it and um I'm missing something. I can't remember what, Oh, it has a scoop of greens because the greens have really helped with the inflammation in my body. So food um, exercise routine has changed in adding those supplements. And I also have a neck fan, which I don't have out here with me, but it's, it looks like head, it looks like headphones
1: and you know, it's got little fans blowing out of each side of it. So that's been a a lifesaver for me. Yes. And not having gone through it. So just help me. So you didn't have a period for 12, Months. So are you still in menopause? And how long does that, how long does menopause last? Oh,
0: yes. So there's three, there's three stages of it.
1: There's a period, there's menopause,
0: which is literally the day after the 24 hours after you have not had a period for 12 months. Yes. And then everything else is. Postmenopausal, but we just refer to it as menopause. So okay. you're postmenopausal essentially the rest of your life. That doesn't mean that you're going to go through all of these symptoms for the rest of your life, but there could be peaks of them. I was actually um, speaking online to a woman who's 63, and she said, "I thought all my symptoms were gone, and then all of a sudden I had a hot flash." And she's she's like, "I'm so upset." <laughs> but um, you know, a, a lot of the ma- major symptoms that you get, you know, when you're in the height of perimenopause into menopause, are not quite as severe as a are down, you know, down the line, but yeah, okay. that's the, uh, that's the one thing you, we are in it for, you know, a third of our lives, if not more. And,
1: uh, now probably a half, half of our lives considering, uh, longevity. Okay. So you still experience symptoms, but not to the extent like where it puts you on a bathroom floor, you know, just needing right. to lie down. Right. Right? right. You're not there. Yeah. You're absolutely. Way past that. Yeah.
0: No, I'm, um, you know, I still have, a, well, the the um, estrogen has really helped. The progesterone has helped me sleep. I was, you know, at a point where I was literally getting, I was up till four or five o'clock in the morning and not, you know, sleep for one hour, two hours. And, and that can be just a brutal grind because you just can't function, you know, at
1: that point. Yeah. Were um, you not sleeping because not, you were too hot?
0: Uh, it was just, you know, lack of sleep, night sweats. sweats. I would have the sheets on, off, on, off, you know, your leg, there's some funny videos on TikTok, but it's like, yeah, yeah, your leg is in, it's out, it's in, it's out. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I went, oh my gosh, that's what happens to me. So the progesterone's definitely helped with my, um, sleeping for sure. Okay. Thing. And my husband's <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> because he's not like, he doesn't have the blaring light of like the cell phone on while I'm trying to watch Netflix because I can't fall asleep. So on the other side of the bed.
1: Well, I think that's <laughs> an important part of the equation because if women aren't aware of these symptoms and what's happening to them, there's no way that their right. partners have any clue, especially if the doctors are just saying like, you're just depressed, taking an antidepressant and they're not creating solutions. It shows that it's important for women to be having these conversations uh, there's no shame in the game. Like this is just a natural part yes, of life, 100%. right? But people are all going to experience it differently and seek out the providers that can help you. You mentioned that you changed the way you exercise and the yes. way you're eating. So what more protein and fiber, like yeah. what, what is different? Like, what did you learn about what? We well, I really to had to up my protein.
0: Yeah. yeah I, 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 I to really, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to you. No, no. I um, yeah. I had to up my protein. Yeah. And that was hard. Uh, Cause I, I don't eat meat. And so I will eat fish now as a result of this. I've gone back to seafood, which I'm not totally a fan of, but I just kind of do it. Um but I and I'm trying to like wean back off that now so I just get the the protein in there because sometimes it's hard to go into a if you're gonna eat out and because uh, of work a lot of times I'm I'm eating um you know at the office but uh I've upped my protein. I've really tried to cut down on my white sugars and carbs. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. I cheat a lot, but, (laughs) um, you know, those things don't make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not weight gain. It's more like they just make me feel like crap. And, um, I do a green drink in the morning. It's like a little shot of greens just to get that in my body and try to reduce inflammation. And then I do intermittent fasting. There's pros and cons to it. I don't do it on the weekends. I do it Monday through Friday. So I have a little bit of just kind of routine in my, in my, uh, in my week to get it yeah. going right, especially when I'm working a lot. And, um, and then the other thing that I do with my workout, I used to be a big cardio person. I'd go on there and I'd be like, okay, if I work out and I, 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 uh, you know, I knock off 600 calories on the tread, you know, on the treadmill, I'll be able to eat. And, you know, I did this cycle back and forth and, uh, it was really not helpful in terms of the weight gain in in perimenopause or menopause. So I'm a big um, advocate of yoga and weight training for me. So I weight train two to three times a week and I do yoga as much as I can and I walk. So I'm not a big get on the treadmill for an hour and do cardio. Uh, It's really had, I've really had to change that up. And I thought, are you just selling this to yourself because you really hate doing cardio or is that really the case?
1: And I think it's really the case. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've actually heard doctors talk about the benefit of just what you said, you know, less on the, like the hardcore cardio, it actually works against women in our age and that just walking, but the weight training is the piece that I hear is so critical. And I used to love doing that and I haven't, so that's. That's for me a big. I used to think that was my cheat day. I loved weights. I did personal training five years ago, and I felt so strong and so good. It was my favorite part. Like you know, and so if you can do that and walk thirty minutes a day, I sometimes the recommendations I think are a little frustrating. Like ten thousand steps. Have you done that? That's like an hour and a half. I try. I, I do. I do it on the weekend. Yes, I can do it on a weekend. Yes. Yeah, so I say, if you can walk 30 Saturday minutes, and Sunday. yes, totally. Um, okay. So you mentioned estrogen and progesterone, which is the hormone replacement, just for anyone who doesn't even know what we're talking about. Yeah. Hormone replacement therapy is, so what happens, explain what happens. Estrogen goes down and the progesterone yeah, so balance turns out. Just- yep. Yeah. Yeah. Your estrogen just takes it. It just like goes off a cliff.
0: <laughs> really, it's like here and then it's not here anymore. Yes. And, um, and that's what causes all these things. Estrogen is a lubricant for your body essentially. And so when yes. you say you have joint pain, when you say you have dry skin, dry hair, dry vagina, dry, you know, the, all those things are as a result of a loss of estrogen. And, um, so estrogen, so the hormone replacement is made up of estrogen and progesterone. Um, some people, you know, opt for testosterone. It's not something that I have done yet or know enough about to talk about. Yes. Um, but I have a patch that I change, twice and there's different forms of, of of hormone therapy, but I have a patch that I change on Monday morning and Thursday afternoon, which is the, um, is the time released estrogen. And then I take a progesterone pill each night. Um, I have breakthrough bleeding because of polyps and other things. So I don't, I'm supposed to take a, um, progesterone pill every night. I skip once a week, one time, one night a week. Because of that, and okay. a doctor will regulate that for people individually. But that's okay. my own thing. Other yep. people have it or don't have it, and they're perfectly fine with it. Yeah. And I've just found, you know, there's a cream uh, form of of HRT too. Um, I found that for me, this works well and is convenient routine wise. And you know, the patch sits there; doesn't really come off. It gets a little gross <laughs> by the end of the week, and you have you have uh, glue on your stomach. But other than that, I it's really been it's worked. Well for me,
1: okay, that's super helpful. Now you did say you did yeah. some research. Any particular books that were the most helpful or websites or people like who what what yeah.
0: Helped? Yeah, there's been some good ones, you know, with regard to websites, Electra Health has a great, is a great source of resource. I I just, I love Electra Health. Alloy is great when it comes to telemedicine. Um, Their medical advisory board headed up by um, Dr. Sharon Malone, whose name you'll see in a lot of these different articles. I just, I think she's just brilliant. Um, And she just really breaks things down in a very, um, an understandable way for, you know, I'm not a doctor. So whenever I talk to her, I'm like, oh, I get it. And um with regard to books, um, there's a couple of different books. There's one called Menopause Confidential, mm-hmm. and that's by Dr. Tara Allman. There is another book by Dr. Jen Gunter called Um Menopause Manifesto. Yes. There are a lot of different um, oh, there's a new book out right now um by uh Dr. Haver, and that is called the Galveston Diet. Yes. That's just yeah. released. I just yeah. I actually she just came on my
1: podcast. She did. I just I reached out to her. I was. She's oh, a rock good, star. Good. Well, I reached out to her. Hi, I guess you. I was reaching out to the wrong PR person and never heard back. Oh, and I just oh. found the right one. Isn't that funny? So hopefully, yeah, she'll yeah, come on. she's great.
0: Yeah, she's great. And then Dr. Anna Kabeca, uh has a number of books uh, about hormones, and she wrote one recently called Menu Pause. So Menu pause, to go from okay. you know the diet portion of it, and then the uh, informational portion of it, and then if you yeah. want to do online, I think Electra and Alloy are great. Yeah. Um, you know, Naomi. Uh, watch has started a company called stripes that has a lot of the different products out there. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, another company called, uh, there's so many of them, so many great companies. Um, there's a company called wild that has products. There's a company called, um, Kindra. That's a great products and resources. Um, just think off the top of my head, I could probably just send you a list, but yeah. those are the ones off the top of my no, head. No, that's an that
1: amazing yeah. place for yeah. people and to start. And they're, and
0: they're great you know, um, women founded companies for the most part. And these are women that have gone through the same things that we've gone through and said, like, we need some answers. So that's where we are right now.
1: I think this gen our generation X, the gen Xers are like, no, no, we're doing we're gonna help the other generations. Yeah. First, we're gonna start with ourselves and we're gonna make yes. this a lot easier for the younger generations. We're done oh, with 7,000%. this nonsense of being invisible in this um this area, especially since half the population is yes. gonna experience yes. this. Like everyone. Okay. So people can also follow you, Tamsin. Um, before we wrap up, what is it like if you know, not to like one thing, but if there were one thing that you wanted to make sure people walked away with from this conversation, what do you want women to know who, you know, may be in perimenopause or menopause? Gosh, I want them to know more than anything to take control of their health
0: and don't just leave it to chance. I want them to know they're not alone and um, I want them to know there are resources out there. I don't care where you're located. I don't care, uh, you know, what you feel like you don't have or what you don't have access to and that we're working hard to make sure everybody has access to this.
1: Love it. I just, and I love what you're doing and everyone can follow you, Tamzin, on Instagram because you're constantly posting and then, you know, people can say, oh, wait, I, had, I didn't know itchy skin was one of them. So even though I'm yeah. in the early stages, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. getting that, you know, or like, oh, good. I'm glad that's helpful. Oh, it's so it's helpful. helpful. Yeah. You know, when it's good. validating because, okay, maybe your friends aren't talking about it, but you are. Yeah. And then it's like seeing yeah. a friend, right? It's like, oh, we're peers. And she's telling me that this is normal. Now I have more information to go talk to my doctor and, and to, to manage this. So, um, what, so what is coming up next for you, Tamsin? Um, coming up next, I have, um, I I have a book
0: that is going to be coming out and I haven't, I haven't released too much information about it, but I, uh, it'll be coming out in the next year or so. So I'm excited about that. That's like official now. And, um, and then I have a documentary that's in the works and we, as soon as I can, you know, I get, I get this done, um, where I'm going to make sure that there's a, a big splash with it because I really want this to be, uh, something that can help teach all of this together. Cause I don't have all the information, but we've really um gone around and gotten some of the best resources out there to pull together. And then some great women's stories who are kind enough to share their stories with us and willing to share very intimate details of their story. So I'm working on it. Um, my co-producer is uh Joanne Lamarca, who was with the Today Show for um decades, and she has been all about women's health for a long time and we We met over this common (laughs) bond and uh, it's just really, really important to us to make sure that people have this access to information. So that's what we're hoping to do because there's still more changes that have to happen. You know, we still need to have another, uh, uh, you know, we need to have studies that are done to help women because women are grossly, grossly overlooked right now, especially in this age category when it comes to women's health and wellness.
1: I love it. And I think that storytelling is one of the most powerful mediums to yes. impact change. So a documentary is going to be brilliant just for people to be Thank able you. to see a reflection maybe of their experiences on a screen is like you can read the book and take the notes and do what you need to do but I think there's nothing more powerful than storytelling. So that's Thank you so much. super exciting. Okay, so where can people connect with you, Tamsin? Where 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 do, where should I direct them? Absolutely.
0: Um, TamsonFidel.com or just anywhere on social media. I'm trying to post more on YouTube if that's easier for people. Some people aren't on TikTok, but uh anywhere, Tamson Fidel. And um, you know, if there's something you want and you don't see, let me know because I don't know what everybody wants, but we're really trying to hit all of those pockets in this space to make sure that women in midlife feel like, you know, they're heard, that they have agency and that they have a resource. If, you know, that they're not alone, that they're not alone in this journey because menopause is a not an easy one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being here. It's always amazing to connect with you. You've got such a beautiful heart and spirit, and I am so grateful for the work you're doing in the world. So thank you. Oh, Back at you. Thank you. All of the show notes for today's interview with Tamsin can be found over at thegoodlifecoach.com and all of the resources that she mentioned today will be there for you to easily access along with her hot girl smoothie and her social media pages so you can learn more about the work that Tamsin is doing. Uh, please share this interview with a friend. I think this conversation around menopause and perimenopause is one that we need to get more comfortable having and educating one another is such an important part of it. And you can simply do that by sharing this interview as a starting point. Also, if you did enjoy this conversation, please do take a second to rate and review it over on Apple Podcasts, and I'll be sure to share your feedback with Tamsin. Thanks so much for tuning in.